Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Vegas 32, Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw, and Shaq is going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. You got the former two-time world champion, TJ Dillashaw, coming off the EPO suspension to take on uh, Corey Sanhagen, who's a top five fighter in the division, looking to get looking to get uh, pave his way to a title. I've missed EPO. I mean... Uh... Dillashaw, you know, legend of the sport. Give him his credit, whether we, we, uh, you know, the drug use or not. I mean, it is a legend of the sport, a former champion, beat Henan Burrell back when he was on a, uh, however many fight win streak it was, defend, uh, defended it against Henan again. I mean, TJ Dillashaw has been there and done that. Uh, one of the best bantamweights, top three bantamweights of all time. So Corey Sanhagen, a former training partner of his. I mean, we know Corey's got that slick striking style. I mean, <laughs> he saw his last couple of fights. Uh, I mean, the legend Frankie Edgar unfortunately had to go out stiff, but uh, Corey Sanhagen, we know what he brings to the table. Dude's like best striker in the bantamweight division, uh, or you know, right up there. So I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see this matchup, man. Former training partners. You know what's interesting, Shaq, is that a lot of people said that Corey Sanhagen's style was influenced by T.J. Dillashaw. You know, it's funny, man. I I I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the clips out there, but uh, I remember T.J. was hyping this kid up. I mean, that's how I that's how I heard about Corey Sanhagen was from T.J. Dillashaw. So um, it's, it's quite funny how they're fighting tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. You know, and what's interesting is that so obviously the style of Corey Sanhagen is heavily influenced from T.J. Dillashaw, but in Corey Sanhagen, you got a taller, a longer version of T.J. Dillashaw. Now with the size. You know, obviously, you know, he's five foot 11 or five foot 10, something like that. But TJ Dillashaw still has that D1 wrestling background. So, you know, there is, you know, there still are some advantages for TJ Dillashaw, but you got the bigger, younger version of him essentially here in, T in Corey Sanhagen. And, and man, he's been impressive in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, Corey Sanhagen, he's only had the one slip up to, to the, <laughs> I hate to say it, but the, uh, you know, the current placeholder of the belt, <laughs> the uh, Algermain, the interim champ, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the literal interim champ, the, temp the temporary champ. But um, I think that, uh, you know, Corey Sanhagen, man, other than that, man, it, it's been pretty flawless. I mean, us, the Sun South fighting, he's been taking like big jumps up. He started off with Arnett, then Alcantara, then Lineker, um, you know, then a sun style. So, I mean, this dude has uh, been on this path for a while, man. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Cause I'm, I'm interested to see him in these fights with like Jan, because Corey Sanhagen, if you can't get your range on him, right. I mean, you might be in trouble like very quickly with the knees and the dudes throwing spinning heel kicks. Now. I mean, uh, he's a very dangerous fighter for sure. And he's already taken his first L. So he knows what it's like to be humble. It seems to me like these last two fights, I understand you can make an argument. Marais and Edgar might be on their way out, but so what look at the intensity that Corey Sanhagen's coming in into these fights with man seems like he's a lot more focused he's not as cocky because i know going into the aljamain fight you know the guy acted like he was champ before it even happened but now i see a different kind of intensity in Corey sandhag and obviously you hear tj dillashaw all week it's scary how confident that man is too oh tj is is the competitor like ultimate like try like max effort you know he's gonna give he's gonna give it his all um you know it, it's quite funny the last the last fight he had with uh Suhudo, i mean we you know type of strain he was putting his body in, under to get to 125 pounds but personally i don't think it really had much to uh to do with that i mean you look at his two prior fights to that cody garbrandt cody garbrandt you know former champ but 
let's just say Cody wasn't thinking wasn't <laughs> thinking too good, you know, going into those fights. Uh, but no, nah, man, I'm not taking anything away from uh, my boy Eposh. I mean, uh, Dillashaw. Uh, I'm excited to see him. Man. You know, it's funny. If you go back and you listen to our Dillashaw versus Cejudo breakdown, not only did we predict Cejudo to win, but we also said uh, TJ is on all the best uh, medicine that I mean, money can buy. And we even said EPO. Go, go, go back and check that out. I mean, but uh, I'm excited to see Dillashaw back win or lose, man. So let's not get let's not take that away from him. But you know, I'm I'm not surprised he tested uh <laughs> tested. But I mean, you go back to the UFC 200 breakdown. I mean, uh, I was kind of giving out hints. I mean, you could see some some of those uh, needle marks on that belly back. <laughs> and not to mention, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, there's been some like you know Tim and Chadman. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll leave it alone. Yeah, you know, Chad Mendez also tested positive. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. But uh, we're gonna obviously break this whole car down, start to finish. But first, uh, gotta give a big shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. And listen, the Olympics, the Euros, baseball, and major championships and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't a wild and hairy bush? Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0 it's what i got in my hand right here and if an athlete treats their body like royalty why not treat your pubes like olympic gold fellas do right by your balls and join the two million men worldwide who trust manscape by going to manscape.com with the code battle 20 for 20 percent off and free shipping Shaq, you got to be like my boy Chris Mutino, who's ready for any short notice opportunity. I mean, you stepped up, changed his life from making five hundred dollars and five hundred dollars on the regional scene. All of a sudden, he's walking home with a seventy-five k bonus, plus you know twelve to show, plus his Venom pay. Um, because all because he was ready for a short notice opportunity with Manscaped, you will be ready for a short notice opportunity. The world is starting to open. And the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. And I know my boy Shaq ain't going to be caught dead inside of the VIP room at, <laughs> at, at any club without that Crop Preserver and that Crop Reviver. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I... Uh, you talk about a world-class dismount into a post-quarantine world. This package is the perfect package for your package and peak performance in whatever sport you desire. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take the podium. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multifunction on off switch, which can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4,000 K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. So now you can go in the shower. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof? Michael Phelps is drooling just thinking about the possibilities. This package also comes with the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and ear. This tool is a lock to take home the gold in the biathlon. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof, like I said, and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It just sounds badass every time I say that. And this nose and ear trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe te technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. After trimming your pubes, show them sp uh, some sportsmanship with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner are the keys to feeling victorious this year. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts, their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at Manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year uh with manscape shack yeah man i mean 
couldn't have said it better myself. And that's a, you know, Michael Phelps is the, you know, the guy we want to be using from now on. Cause Michael Phelps, I mean, he's got, he's like, he might be the greatest athlete in, in um, U.S. history. He definitely got the most gold medals and he's definitely clean shaven, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's not use, uh, you know, some of these past and shout out to, uh, Chris Motino, man. I hope they I hope they reward him with a layup in this next one. Who, who who's a good layup uh, at Bantamweight? Um uh you can always get Malcolm Gordon to move up yeah, a weight class. You know, Francisco, <laughs> one of them. Um somebody, you know, let's just I hope they I hope they reward that kid with a nice easy fight this next time. Yeah. And I hope he saves his money too, you know, because yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes. But anyways. We'll see how that works. First up in the strawweight division, we got a matchup between Deanna Belbita. She's 13 and 6, and she's taking on Hannah Goldie, who's 5 and 1. And currently, they got wow, it's a dead pick em. Deanna Belbita minus 110, Hannah Goldie minus 110. So it, it opened with Goldie as the favorite. All the action came in on Deanna Belbita. I mean, look, I understand you got plus 160, plus 180 on Deanna Belbita. I mean, at the end of the day, this is about getting the best of the line. So you got a line like that. Sit back and enjoy. You did your job. But now at Pick'em Price, it's a completely different fight. I mean, it's kind of like the aggression of Belbita. She goes forward. She tries to take her head off. And in doing that, she kind of redlines. She makes a lot of mistakes. But some of the girls can't take the aggression. She's also dropping away class. And Hannah Goldie's like the polar opposite. She likes to play it safe. She likes to, you know, sidekick and run. She likes to point fight a little bit. It's a tough one to call because, you know, we don't know how Hannah Goldie's going to deal with someone charging her recklessly and aggressively. But um, I'm going to go against the public here. I'm going to take Hannah Goldie via close decision. Yeah, um, no, low level uh, straw weight fight here, man. Hannah Goldie. I mean, it's been a while, so there's a good chance we see some improvements here. Belbita, the last fight was one of the more, but one of the more head scratchers I've seen because Jojua has only won by one method, and she was lighting her up on the feet, and then she took her down, which made no sense to me. So it's kind of hard for me, unless you got that good price, that good dog money. Yeah, it's a good bet, but at at this point, I wouldn't uh, no more value on that. I'm agree. I'm gonna take Hannah Goldie to kind of tip and run from the outside. Now look, Hannah Goldie is uh you know these two fights with uh with uh Miranda Granger I mean Miranda Granger completely dominated that's not that's not a good look but I'm 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 guessing she's been she how long she's been out like a couple of years right that was Goldie yeah that was like a long time I'll tell you the exact time right now she's been out since August of 2019 yeah so two years so I'm expecting uh you know this work with her and Julian and and, uh in Orlando that she she's probably improved I think Belbita, um, man, you know, I, I remember she fought Lipsky and and uh, that Polish promotion KSW, and uh, you know the fight. She was hanging in there, and then she just got knocked out. But we'll, we'll see what happens, man. This could go either way. Yeah. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Sajara Eubank. She's six and six. She's taking on Elise Reed, who's four and zero. Oh. And currently, they got Sajara Eubanks minus three sixty. The comeback on Elise Reed is plus two ninety. So, I mean. Listen, obviously, Sajara Eubanks is the much more experienced fighter here. She's a Lloyd Irvin black belt. So, you know, to earn a black belt like that, it's no joke at all. And she's fought the better level of competition. I mean, she was supposed to fight for a UFC title, Shaq, um, against Nico Montano. Interestingly she, she enough, it's Nico Montano who usually pulls out of fights. But here it was actually Sajara Eubanks. There was a weight issue. But listen, she's had her up. She's had her downs with Elise Reed. She's super green for sure, but she's tough, man. I mean, on the feet, she can definitely hang. And I've seen her in bad spots. There's two ways to look at it. 
One way is, well, she escaped those bad spots. She showed heart. The other way is, well, what happens if Sajara, who's a black belt, gets on top of her in those same spots? So it's really about how you look at it. Look, I got to go with Sajara, but here's the issue. I've seen Sajara at similar prices drop the ball. I know you all remember the Betch Kohea fight, exact same price. Now, granted, Elise Reed isn't a former title challenger. I, my, my girl Betch is. Don't don't discredit her now. She fought Ronda Rousey. You no, know, uh, Betch is fine. My girl, Carol. Oh, uh, yeah. Carol Hosa. I like yeah. that. Um I'm going to go Sajara here, but again, it could get very interesting uh, on the feet and Sajara. I, I'm not going to buy into the gassing narrative too much. I don't really think that's the issue. It's just she makes she makes some bonehead mistakes from time to time. She gets carried away. but And, and I have to speak like this because she's minus 360, but at the end of the day, I am going to go Sajara to get it done. Yeah, Elise Reed, I think I think she's coming up from uh, 115, and Sajara's going back to to 125 so let's see she made weight this morning right she looked like she was slimmer uh, i'll check i they haven't even weighed in yet actually oh, haven't? okay well we'll see we'll see what happens with that um but she i, I looked at her instagram she looks uh noticeably slimmer um, and yeah so look eubanks i'm usually not too high on her because I, I feel like she's somewhat of a bully and not a good way like she you know kind of a front runner fighting style like when when the tie gets turned on her she usually doesn't answer back like when you look at these fights with kohea and um Kianzid, even the Kedlin Vieira fight, a lot of people were betting. A lot of people are, like seem to consistently be on Eubanks like every fight, and and it just seems to like not work out. Look, now she's fighting a, a newcomer, so yeah, I mean, it seems like everything should be here in her favor. She's got the experience. She's stronger, bigger. Um, I mean, when she was at 125, she did beat Roxanne. She did beat Lauren Murphy. So it seems like maybe that is a a better weight class for a, a weight class where she could you know, use of those physical uh, strengths better. Cause at 135, it just seems like she's hitting the wall and she fought Aspen land, you know, get, and, and the, the, the weird thing with the uh, Vieira fight was, you know, I was expecting more, you know, the first two rounds was like, you know, Kellen, I don't know if you've been watching her lately. She ain't been looking too hot. And, and I, I was expecting ever so since the to, surgery, yeah, Kellen ain't been the same. I, I was expecting more from Shajar in that fight. And then the Kianza fight was almost like a similar, like, you know, you dominate the first round and then what happened? You just stop fighting. Same with the Bexler air fight. Look, I think she's going to get the job done here, but minus uh, three something for 360 for a person who consistently like does not live up to her prices on the on the um odds. I mean, look, we can say Betchko Hay and, you know, you know, Kian Zad and all these people, you know, rank fighters or former um, title challengers and whatnot. But, you know, it is what it is like this girl, Elise Reed. And one thing I want to say about Elise Reed. Um, that promotion that they're coming from, um, uh, the one in uh, it was Cage Fury C C F F C. I mean, like one thing I've been noticing, man, like that promotion is consistently putting in like dudes that are ready that are ready to fight now. Um, you know, she is on the uh, you know a female fighter, but like um, you know, I just been noticing like Jeremiah Wells, um, uh, Bra you know Sabatini. Brady Sabatini. Um, I mean, like. There's a, there's a lot of volume coming from that promotion. Um, maybe not like the best skill wise, like no, no future champions or nothing like that, but like people are coming ready from that promotion to fight against, you know, established UFC vets. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, real quick. Got to give a big shout out to, uh, our boy Jay Weezy, appreciate the $20 donation, man. Uh, keep up the great work, Jay Weezy. Thank my you so Jay much. Weezy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jay Weezy. Got to give a shout out to my boy, Jonathan Ramirez with the $5 donation. I appreciate my you. Boy, Jay. Also, my boy Valerie, 
Shek Mazav. Shek Mazav with a ten dollars. That's a hell of a last name. We respect it. <laughs> any any obs, we ain't gonna mess with you, man. So we we truly appreciate we it, man. We don't pick against obs. <laughs> we never pick against obs. Uh, got my boy Devante Sewell in the chat. Devante, my boy Devante's got a fight coming up soon. He's right? got a yeah. big fight coming up. Um, he told me what promotion. Let, let me see if it's, it's uh, it might be Cage Fury. Is it, it Cage Fury? Be, it might be Cage Fury. Yeah. Demonte, let us know what uh, promotion you're fighting for in the chat. Oh, yeah. No, CFFC, like yeah, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, So, look, so, my boy Devontae is trying to yeah. get into that big-time promotion as well. Hell, yeah. Let's go. All right. Now, next up in the Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Julio Arce. He's 16-4. and four. He's taking on Andre Uhl, who's 17-7. and seven. And currently, they got... Julio Arce minus two fifteen. The comeback on Andre Uhl's plus one eighty. I'm not, I'm kind of surprised. Look, firstly, I, let me go ahead and say, I've been higher on both these guys than most people. I find them both super entertaining. I like their fighting styles. They're always involved in exciting back and forth stand up wars, and that's exactly what the fans want to see. So I expect no less here. I think these two are going to duke it out for three straight rounds. It's going to be a, a highly competitive battle. So right away, you know, I think the plus one eighty might be a little bit off here. Um, listen, Julio Arce might have the better technical skills but he does tend to fight close and andre Ull has a way in certain fights of making it closer i mean he's very long for the weight class he's got that 75 inch reach i heard someone say well julio had no problems with uh julian arosa but firstly firstly that's not true secondly uh ul's got a longer reach than julian arosa ul is very deceptively long for the weight class the guys that get to Ul are the guys that put the pressure on him, that break him down. The Cheeto Veras with relentless pressure. Chris Gutierrez with those leg kicks. Um, Nathaniel Wood, hot prospect. Uh, whereas Julio Arce, I think he's fantastic, and he is dropping a band away for the first time. But, man, he can make some of these fights kind of close, and a close stand-up war with no takedown attempts. And, you know, uh, I think that's where Ul can actually have some success. So I see this kind of being that coin flip fight. Look, I understand if you want to, you know, favor – Arce slightly, but minus 215, I disagree with, man. So I'm, I'm going to go with Andre Uhl via split decision. I expect this to be a three-round stand-up war, and both guys are going to have their moments. It's going to be super exciting. I'll go with the plus 180 dog here. Yeah, you know, man, this is a tough fight because I haven't really seen Arce in a while since he, uh, the Akeem fight, which was a split decision loss. Um, and, yeah, man, when I watch Arce, I kind of get the same notion, like, he kind of holds back in there. Um, he doesn't necessarily pull the trigger all the time. Granted, he is fighting some some good power threats like uh, Hakeem and Shaman Marais and things like that. But, you know, I f when I watched those fights, I felt like he could have threw more. You know, that's the common theme. Like, even in the Erosa fight, Bro, it wasn't too The Erosa fight had a sweating. Uh, you know, even though he knocked him out, you know, for the price that I paid, you know, I, I wasn't um, necessarily, I mean, like, I mean, he was winning. It was just, you know, it was like a, a marginal, you know, lead. You know, it was very, it was very competitive until he knocked him out. But, uh, yeah, man, I've been a little too harsh on Andre Ull, man. You know, I kind of like to stay out the Andre Ull business altogether. But, you know, I feel like the Gutierrez fight, I mean, when you got those knives stabbing at your gut and in in your legs and, and upstairs, he's, I mean, he's throwing spinning head kicks. I mean, the calf kicks, the, the one, the teeps to the gut. I mean, you know, Gutierrez, man, he, he is an expert kicker. So, I, I, you know, I was a little too harsh on him in that fight. And, um, I mean, his re I mean, he's probably, he might be up there, like, in terms of size, Bantamweights, like, one of the bigger Bantamweights I've seen. I know he cuts a lot of weight, which kind of leads him to get hurt in a lot of his fights to the body and, and things along that. But I, I do feel like this is a better fight for him. I agree. I, I think the line's off. I was, you know, I was like, man, this is a, 
this could go either way. Um, is he gonna win? I don't know, but yeah, I'll, I'll take. Well, I think this is a better fight than the the Gutierrez fight. I mean, he's got the length here. We know that he he'll take more chances, banging and slugging in the pocket. We know Julio Arce is more of a technician, a cleaner striker, maybe a better decision maker on the grappling as well. Um, he did have Shaman Marais's back in one of those rounds, so maybe he chooses to to go that route. We know Uz, um, one of those things I didn't like uh, in the Gutierrez fight, I remember him dropping for a leg like I mean, it was a decent attempt, but like, come on, Andre. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to finish a fight by leg lock in the UFC. <laughs> like, I, I, I get you did a couple months of jiu-jitsu <laughs> you know, training, but... Yeah, uh, I get you've been in the gym working, but like, Come on, buddy. We're not going to he's not going to tap to that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to actually go with Wool as well by, you know, maybe a close, a close decision. But um, I definitely think it's a dog or pass situation. I don't I don't think Arce is trustworthy at that price. But we'll see what happens. Um, it, it seems like a common thing is he fights close. I mean, look, minus 140, Arce, minus 150, Arce. OK, different story, but minus 215. Like I, I need some dominance and I'm not sure we're going to get that. Yeah, I'm excited for this uh, next one, my boy Mick. <laughs> yeah. So next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Jordan Williams. He's nine and four. He's taking on Mickey Gall, who's six and three. And currently, they got Jordan Williams minus one seventy. The comeback on Mickey Gall is plus one fifty. So uh, I mean, fans that have to battle know we've been very vocal uh, during Mickey Gall fights, and uh, here he is again. Jordan Williams dropping to 170 pounds. Um, he initially said he couldn't make it, but look, he got with the people at the PI. He's got, you know, they're sending him meals. He's got the nutrition on point. He also moved to Denver, Colorado. He's training with Factory X. He's put in a 10-month camp with them. So he says he's expecting the best version of himself. He says he wants to change his life. He's got a big opportunity here. I mean, this is the most winnable fight he's had in a long time. So what do you think, man? Yeah, I think this is his fight, man. Um, Look, I, I respect Mickey Gall. Like, I, I, I know y'all have heard me shit on Mickey, like, back when he was fighting Randy and Diego Sanchez and things like that. But, you know, now I, I respect him. Like the kid is tough. Like this might not be as easy as it used to be. Like you know, with Randy and D. I mean, he still was one one with Randy. So I know I respect the kid. Like I, kids coming to fight. Like um, no no mistake about that. But it's just one of those things where I see him at a, a disadvantage again. Like with the fights that he's taking. Look, he's getting paid too much. He has to take good. For, he can't fight. Um, you know, I mean. You know, he can't fight these bums at, at, at 170. I can't think of the worst 170 guy right now. But I'll, t- I'll, I'll you tell know, you in a second. He can't fight Anthony Ivy or, uh, you know, like he has to fight someone good because he's got a good name. And, um, or like Christian Aguilera or something like that. Preston <laughs> but, Parsons. Yeah. My boy Preston will be back. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, he's at a disadvantage again. I mean, look, the Mike Perry fight, I, I saw, I remember like for the last few months, people have been saying that's a positive thing, like his performance in that fight. I rewatched it the other day. I, I mean, I didn't really, I had a 30, 27. I was actually shocked when I heard the 20, 29, 28. I was like, well, what? He, he didn't win anything. <laughs> like, I mean, the kid definitely stood and banged for like a couple minutes, but it's easy to land shots when, when your opponent, uh, AKA Mike Perry is a slop job. I mean, the dude's like no defense, like. Probably, I mean, Coach Latori training like, <laughs> straight up, like, I mean, straight up. Um, so you know, baby moms was out here training them for the fight, and they and they went out. I mean, the only reason why he did that was because he was fighting Mickey. Like, had he would been fighting Tim Means, or uh, you know, so he would have showed up with at least one more corner man, which he did. You know? so, so I think, uh, I think that man, Mickey is at another disadvantage again. Jordan Williams, we're talking about a guy that knocked out um, the Brazilian dude, uh, what's his name, that uh, Rodriguez, that beat, uh, that just beat Dusko. Um, I mean, he floored that dude in the first round. Like, that's that dude's what was the LFA champ. Like, that's the level Jordan Williams is on. Like, he fought Ramazan Kermad. I mean, Dana White 
sat there and told the the whole world that Ramazan lost and that he didn't <laughs> that he didn't win shit. So like Jordan Williams is doing even even the Amavov fight. I mean, it wasn't like Amavov didn't take shots. Like I, I just don't see Mickey Gall being at the level. It's very unfortunate because I I do think Mickey could like at least keep his job. Like if he fought, you know, maybe a Gabe Green or like Philip Bro, you know, like that those level uh those level type of guys. But unfortunately, I see Jordan Williams probably coming out here and se- actually taking him seriously, setting up his shots. Like Mike Perry is a is going to be in bare knuckle here soon. Um, like Jordan Williams is hungry, like he wants to like like you said change his life. So I I see him uh, coming out here, setting up his shots, landing that left hand, and, and probably knocking me. Look, it's just a different level, man. I mean, Mickey Gall in that last fight against Mike Perry. I mean, the only reason I picked Mickey Gall is because I heard from Mike Perry's coaches that Mike Perry didn't just leave the gym. Mike Perry left planet Earth, and it's I been heard a, he was swinging on coaches and shit like, like that. and on old men, on women, on <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> and Mike Perry with no training camp, with his girlfriend in the corner, goes out there and walks down Mickey Gall like it's nothing. And people talk about how Mickey has some success in that fight. I mean, look, there was only one person landing knockdowns. That was Mike Perry. There was only one person landing takedowns. That was Mike Perry. There was only one person who, you know, was close to getting the fight stopped, and that was Mike Perry. Mike Perry walked him down. The issue with Mickey Gall is he never was able to get that seasoning on the regional scene to come to the UFC. He's, you know, he fights CM Punk and, you know, Mike Jackson. All of a sudden, you're fighting Randy Brown and Diego Sanchez and now Jordan Williams. And, you know, Jordan Williams has paid his dues, man. I mean, firstly, he's only been knocked out uh, once against Dwight Grant, who's one of the hardest hitters in the welterweight division. I mean, if there's one thing about Dwight Grant. Dwight Grant hits like a truck. And before anyone brings up this Kazula Vargas fight, if you actually watch it, Jordan Williams beat up Kazula Vargas. He just had a cut. It was a cut stoppage. He was like, dude, are you seriously going to stop it over that when I'm ground and pounding this guy? <laughs> you know, so he's only been stopped once uh, legitimately. And the whole ground game thing, I think Jordan Williams is more physical. I think he's the better wrestler. I don't think the submission threat of Mickey Gall is going to be an issue here. And also, people talk mistaken, about... My, my bad, I cut you off. Um, but uh, I heard he got trained by Dave Terrell. If you... Uh, Make, uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan? Jordan Williams, yeah. So, I mean, Dave Terrell, uh, UFC vet? Yeah, if you know anybody. No, no, only the hardcores know about yeah. Dave Terrell. Diaz brothers know about Dave Terrell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Jordan Williams, his cardio has been criticized in the past, but here's the thing. Mickey Gall doesn't have the best cardio either, but there's a fundamental difference between the two. And that difference is that Jordan Williams is willing to push through his fatigue. Whereas when Mickey Gall gets tired, that's when he'll start flopping to his back. That's when he starts backing into the fence and covering up. And, you know, someone that's coming in prepared is going to put him away. I think Jordan Williams is coming in prepared, and I think he will put him away. I got Jordan Williams here to come out here and finish Mickey Gall. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Ian Heine. She's 14-4. He's taking on Nasruddin Imavov, who's 9-3. And, and currently, they got Ian Heine, minus 170. The comeback on Nasruddin Imavov is plus 140. So, Shaq, uh, listen, Ian Heine is a guy that I really like to back as an underdog, especially against, like, an older Brazilian who tends to gas, because you start to gas out it's against a guy like Ian Heine, and, I mean, he will turn up on you. The thing with Imavov is that he's also a dog. He likes to get in these clinch wars, and, you know, he likes to, like, see who the tougher man is. So, even though I, I understand Heine has fought the bigger names, the better competition, and maybe that'll count for something here. Maybe that experience will show, but I, I personally feel hesitant about backing Ian Heine at a favorite price. Yeah, this is a, one of the tougher fights on the card because I see a lot of, you know, good things in the future for him. Like he's young. He, um, I mean, he's putting in work with my boy. What's it? Coach uh, Fernand, Fernand, Fer- Lopez. Fer- Fernand Lopez and gone in them. Like, so like I, I like him, but this is a big step up in competition. I mean, he lost to Phil Haas. Someone would say, I mean, Ian Heinrich was just ranked uh, like 
I mean, he's been ranked like the last couple of years. So, you know, this, I mean, this is a, a win-win for him. He gets a, a guy that was just ranked um, coming off a loss. And look, the Phil Haas fight, I don't think Amavov lost any stock, in my opinion. If anyone knows me, y'all know how, how much I like Phil Haas uh, moving forward here at 185. And he just, Phil Haas is like almost a complete package, you know, like besides the the whole uh, taking the chin thing, you know, him getting wobbled in fights. But like the clinch, the wrestling, the power, the speed, like Phil Haas has it all. So like he just got out-muscled in the clinch there, um, couldn't break from the clinch. But I mean, we saw what happened in that third round. I mean, Phil Haas was all on ice skates in that third round. And um, I mean, we know that Amavov's the sharper puncher here. I feel like Ian Hine is kind of gasses himself out with that footwork that he does and he he kind of is like a middleweight that tries to fight like a flyweight like he he, does, he goes for the the big like kimura uh or like a flying knee um and and it's very sloppy it's very like just slow and and he's been struggling but granted he has been fighting we're talking brunson like that's a top uh top five guy um kelvin gaslam even though he's not the same guy i mean still kelvin gaslam um uh, Omar Yakhmedov, you know, big Russian, strong Russian. That's gonna, you know, he out wrestled him for two rounds. So, you know, it, granted, I don't, I don't think Amavov's on that level yet. But I agree, man. I don't think you can trust Heinish due to the fact that he beat the the two uh, jujitsu uh, black belts, Mutanchin um, and uh, uh, Shoe Face, and then um, and then since then, man, it's just been like drop off, GM3, drop off, and, and and like he hasn't been having like and the the thing, even though he's been losing to the big names, it's just the way he's losing. I just feel like it's like these big attempts at like trying to like he's uh, he's like you're trying to hit a home run, like you got to hit a single, bro. Like you know, uh, it works out here and there. Like um, like get back to breaking guys. Look, there is a path for him to get this win with the clinch and the wrestling. He is a state champion wrestler, and that is Amava's uh, weakness. But I think that Amava is gonna go back to the gym after that Phil Haas fight, work on the wrestling, and and just it's gonna be a close fight. You know, I see it being a close fight. Like maybe you know we don't really know who win, who won at the at the end. But I, I'm gonna go with Amava. I just see the value being on him. I think Highness is kind of we've seen a large enough sample size to know that he's not gonna be on that top 15 level. Um, and and I feel like man, the way middleweight is now, man, like. Like these kids like Amavov or like some of these other guys like Muniz or, you know, some of these other guys, for example, like I'm not sure if Heinrich can even hang with those guys uh, or like, you know, uh, look at these. What's this? Uh, Duplisi, like middleweight is on fire right now. Um, uh, it's a lot of prospects. So well, Heinrich is in question to me, but uh, we'll see if he use, utilizes that wrestling and gets Amavov down. Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. I understand that Heinish has fought the better guys. There's no debating that. But, I mean, he's kind of getting blown out by these better guys. I mean, not like first-round stoppages, but like, you know, 30-27 across the board type stuff in the Kelvin Gastelum fight. What was the other loss besides Akhmedov? What was the other loss besides Akhmedov? Oh, yeah, Brunson. I mean, they are actually, he is winning rounds in them. But, like, we know who won at the end. These fights that he's actually winning, though, like against Carlos Jr., they're like, like, come down to the wire like slight comeback against known gassers uh the cesar mutanch fight same thing so here it's like it's tough because imavov is a dog man he's not one of these guys that's gonna quit he's one of these guys that's gonna be there the entire time so i mean i'll lean heinish you know i think heinish should be favored but at the current price I would, I would say it's probably a Mavov or a pass, but I'll say Heinish, you know, via split decision. I don't think that he's going to come out here and, and just make a statement because he's fought better guys. I don't think he's going to put a Mavov out of there or anything like that. I think they're going to fight very close. It's going to be a lot of clinch exchanges, a lot of back and forth. So I'll go Heinish, but it's going to be close. 
Now, next up, also in the middleweight division, we got Puna Haley Soriano. He's eight and zero. He's taking on Brendan Allen, who's sixteen and four. And currently, they got Puna minus one fifteen and Brendan Allen minus one hundred five. I mean, we know exactly what both guys want to do. Now, granted. Brandon Allen went to Sanford, and then his very next fight, he comes out there against Sean Strickland, doesn't attempt a single takedown, and tries to bang with Strickland. You know, you do a couple months with Henry Hooft, all of a sudden you think you're a K-1 striker, but I think that fight was humbling. Next fight goes in there against Carl Roberson, first-round submission like we expected. And with Puna Soriano, I mean, we call this guy Hawaiian Vitor for a reason because he hits like a goddamn truck. I mean, it might not look the prettiest, but when this guy swings, bodies do hit the floor. And he, he throws everything he has with every single punch. We know Brendan Allen's been hurt before. We know he's been knocked out before. But at the same time, we don't know how. Now, listen, I'm going to say we don't know how Puna's takedown defense is, but we know he's an All-American, a D3 All-American wrestler. So I'll say this, you know, the single legs and the double legs, I'm pretty sure Puna's got a good base to stop that. What I'm worried about is the kind of, you know, the body lock stuff that, brendan does which you know you're not probably often used to in, in d3 wrestling you know you know body lock to back takes you know from the clinch stuff like that that's where i'm worried about brendan allen taking his back that's where i got the question so how you see this one going down yeah uh, this is you know i'm looking forward to this fight because you know, I, I like soriano and brendan allen you know you know it is what it is like the dude's got all the makings for you know a, a guy that's going to be around for a long time he's still young he's very experienced like he beat kevin holland um he took care of breeze he took care of the last one i mean brendan allen's got a lot of tools how old is he like 25 6 like not even he's just a kid yeah, like bro he's 20 25 yeah, holy like, shit bro, like brendan's gonna be around for a very long time um and so yeah man look th this matchup is tough because i got a lot of questions on both guys look look I, brendan allen is the much more experienced guy so already naturally i want like from a betting side of things i want a clear dog price on um soriano just because like you know, the two fights, uh, he fought Pihota, you know, Can and um, Dusko. Look, you know, Dusko was undefeated at the time, but... Fights with his chin dude, up in the air. Chin, dude, chin sky high in the air. Like, it's really... It, 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 was, it wasn't that hard of a test. Now, uh, Brendan Allen on the other side also takes a lot of shots. I would not be shocked if Puna also knocked him out very quick just due to the fact that, like, Brendan is a very in-your-face type of guy. Like, if you... Anytime he gets into a striking match, his face gets covered in blood. I mean, that's just the the uh the truth about it and we don't know if he can take that type of power but i mean he has been in there with uh like eric anders fluffy heavy but he lost all those fights at the same time um but he has felt like you know from first from, from some heavy hitters so at 25 years old with more experience under him you know i i think he should be the clear the clear favorite here just to the fact like he actually has beaten like you know real dudes like i like puna Haley soriano but jamie pickett is a can pihota is not in the ufc and to be honest, I don't see Dusko being in the UFC for much too longer either. So, like, I, you know, I like Puna Haley, but I'm curious to see how his cardio holds up in the second and third. Like, all the stuff y'all were saying in the uh, prior fight now is where I'm, you know, like, you know, where, like, how is his gas? Because you can see signs of him huffing and puffing in some of these uh, first-round finishes. Like, you, you know, I, I like the kid, but you could tell, like, if someone can extend him uh, in the late rounds, you know, we might get to see, uh, you know, kind of some of those holes we were seeing in the Jamie Pickett fight where he was, like, putting his hands on his hips and he was, like, extremely gassed. I mean, the dude swings heavy, man. Like, But at the same time, man, Brendan Allen, it kind of is a punching bag. That head movement is not there. I mean, we saw the Strickland fight. I mean, Strickland was just popping him back with the jab. The, hey, is he lacks in that head movement, but he is training at a good camp with Henry. So let's see if he makes improvements. Look, I got hesitations on both guys. I'm going to actually take Puna 
to get the win here. But from a betting side, I need a clear dog price just due to the fact that like one of them is young, improvement, experience, beat Kevin Holland, beat, you know, dudes that I actually like, you know, respect as where like, you know, I like I like I like Puna, but these dudes were you know not up to par. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh you know I, I mean it sounded like I'm picking Brendan Allen, but you know I'm I'm a pick Puna. I'm just more of a fan of his style. Yeah, it's tough, man, because it's like we don't know what's gonna happen if Brendan Allen takes his back. But at the same time, Brendan Allen's been kind of falling in love with his stand up a little bit, and Brendan. Interestingly enough, he actually might have like cleaner hands than Puna. It's just the power difference is so massive that it might not even matter that if Brandon Allen's popping a jab and stuff like that. But the question I have, again, like bringing up that wrestling background, Puna's a D3 All-American. So we know, you know, traditional single legs and double legs are going to be tough to get on someone with a base like that. But Brandon Allen's a body lock and trip guy. Brandon Allen's a body lock to back take guy. So yeah, yeah. And I, one of the things I want to say, uh, what's the, my boy from uh, Milwaukee, the, Jiu-jitsu coach uh, Daniel Wenderley. Yeah, like I, I, like I don't really. Uh, I mean, you don't really see me vouch like, but like he's one of the jujitsu coaches that I vouch like vouch for. Like all his dudes have like crazy ass. Like like you see Brendan Allen's game off his back is like you know like even when he's on his back, dudes like attempting you know all type of stuff. So like you know that's one thing to uh, say. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a Daniel Wanderley. What brown belt or black belt? Black belt. Black belt? Yeah. yeah. So I mean he's serious. Um, yeah, I got a lot of questions too. I, I I am also leaning Puna. I mean, the fight does start on the feet. He does have that wrestling base, and you know how damn hard he hits. But the experience of Brennan Allen could be a massive factor here, and also that that disgusting jujitsu game. So I agree with you. It has to be a dog price, uh, you know, to to back Puna here. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's gonna be interesting. But next up, this should be very exciting. In uh, the bantamweight division, we got Adrian Yanez. He's thirteen and three. He's taking on Randy Costa, who's six and one. And currently, they got Adrian Yanez minus two thirty. The comeback on Randy Costa's plus one ninety. So we were actually in attendance for uh, Randy Costa's UFC debut against uh, Brandon Davis. And man, that was that was a hell of a fight, man. They electrified the crowd that night, didn't they, Shaq? Yeah, man. I'm, man, this is a good fight because uh, yeah, I liked man because you know what's so funny, man. Randy, in my like, I don't like. He's got. I think Tyson's his manager, right, or some one of these dudes. Uh, but like, dude, you know, he fought like a peanut guy, a snow cone vendor guy, like the the strip club bathroom guy, like like legit. Like if you yeah. watch his uh, I watched. Seen fights, <laughs> like like, and he got into the UFC. So like, like man, I got a lot of respect for that kid, cause bro, like he went in head for it, cause bro, if you actually like seen the dudes he was fighting, like I'm talking like they were literally finding these dudes like, you know, uh, out the janitor room, like 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 straight up, and he, when uh, you know Brandon Davis ain't good, but like he showed skill, like dude can close the show, like. uh Way he timed some kicks in Giannis, man. Like, my boy Giannis got some hands on him. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, do you agree with this whole first rounder bust thing for Casa? Is it just he's just um, green? You know what I mean? Yeah. He, so, how I see this fight, man, it's it's tough because Giannis, yeah, like we have not seen Costa in uh, the second and third rounds, you know, we since uh, since the, but I'm not gonna, this is one of those things where I like to, I like to lean on. You cannot make full judgments on a guy with less than how many like less than how many six and he's six and he's got seven fights you know i i see what y'all are saying like yeah if yanez extends him it, it, it it's looking like it should go his way um just because he's been in there with john's he's he's got the higher experience level for sure um so yeah look i'm Giannis is going to be my uh pick to win the fight but like 
Casa's man, like the way he's been looking body wise, like from when he came into the USC, and I know he's working with Phil Deru, you know, Phil Deru, the guy that um, you know, you know, Dustin Poye's uh strength and conditioning coach. And like, so like, what if his what if his cardio's good? <laughs> like, you know, like you know, what what he's training at Sanford too. Like, what happens if his cardio's good? Because this kid's the way he times his kicks up after these punches, if he has cardio and can keep that up for like you know, any substantial amount of time, like, bro, this kid can close the show. Like, he's got a knack. Like, you could tell he's got a knack for knocking things out. Like, I don't know what type of striking background he has, but, like, uh, I mean, you could tell, like, he's got good traits. I mean, he's long, bantamweight. Um, I don't know how exactly how much his reach is, but he's just got a funky style with the way he times these kicks. But, yeah, Giannis, I mean, Giannis is the more experienced guy. He's been in there with Miles Johns, um, you know, dudes that we know. Um, granted, you know, Casa really, you know, Journey Newsom probably ain't going to be around too long. And um, Boston Sim, I'm Boston Sim, and, you know, nothing special. But Boston's he was starting out fights with Nate now. Yeah. And, but, I mean, he was the underdog in both those fights, just like how he is here. I don't think there's any more value on Giannis. Like, I, I like Giannis. Um, but at the same time, Gustavo Lopez is a jiu-jitsu guy. Um, and, and I feel similar kind of in a sense, like, he's been doing a lot of can crushing too. Like, these guys, you know, the the Asian guy he fought on Contender Series, like, can um Gustavo, you know, definitely a good performance. I mean, he smoked. Like, I, I respect Giannis. But, um, you know, it's just more so, like, I don't really know how to judge Casa. Like, this dude, like, the, he's looking like, I don't know, Florida's got him looking down. I don't know if he's seeing, like, some type of anti-aging clinic out there. But, like, I hope we'll, not. See, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what <laughs> he's happens. He's young. But, uh, but, like, dude, this dude's looking, like, shredded. Long. Like, yeah, so I'm going to go with Giannis by probably decision. He probably will extend him, but. If he is looking for that, you know, showstopper knockout against Costa, that's not the type of game I would play. So I watched both their careers. Man, both guys, let me just say, have a very bright future. And basically to beat Giannis, you either have to make Giannis lead or you have to fight him like a, like a you know what, you know, like Domingo Pilarte was literally... Domingo Pilarte was literally running away to the point where the ref was threatening to take points because he was running away, you know, and that's just not what Randy Costa is going to do. Uh, or you got to put your head between his legs like Miles Johns did. Um, you got to try your hardest possible to avoid the fight. And Randy Costa is a wild man. He's going to go right after Yanez. And look, obviously, he's got a very nice setup to his head kicks. And he's, there's, you know, shin to chin, he can knock anybody out. But that style he has, it plays right into Yana's very smooth counter-striking game. Like I said, Costa is very dangerous. He just lacks kind of the experience and the seasoning if both men happen to get tested here. And like I said, Pilarte, like you look at that loss on Yana's record, it says he lost to Pilarte, so it's alarming. But Pilarte fought terrified, and honestly, that's why he won. He didn't exchange at all, whereas Costa is the polar opposite. Costa is going to exchange. I've never seen Yanez rocked or dropped in a single fight. Um, and then also the first time Costa went past the first round against Brandon Davis, he did get rocked badly. He did, you know, shoot a desperation takedown. He did get choked out. Now, granted, like you said, he's at Sanford. He's still a baby in this game, so he's definitely making improvements. No questions asked. It's just he hasn't had the necessary experience to win a long-term battle against an opponent as seasoned as Giannis. So Costa has to go out here and finish uh, Giannis early to win. I think it's kind of unlikely, and but then again, Costa, he does have a nasty setup to his high-kick game, but if Costa tries to swing those loopy punches, he's he might hit the deck, man. I've seen Costa attempt two takedowns in his career, so he's not going to come out here with this Miles Johns game plan and try to stall it out. And in addition to Giannis' fast hands, he's got great footwork, good head movement. He also has a bit of an underrated ground game, man. He's very hard to hold down. The only fight that kind of sketched me out was the Kyle Estrada fight because, you know, Kyle actually went out there and landed a couple clean high kicks on Giannis, 
and was getting uh, and was kind of chopping him with low kicks. But man, Giannis has a rock solid chin. It's just that you don't want to eat too many clean shin to chin shots because it doesn't matter how good your chin is. And Giannis has always been sharp, but his hands look significantly sharper after the Kyle Estrada fights. Like these last three appearances have been absolute clinics and pleasures to watch, man. So I'm going to go with Giannis here as well. Um, I, I'm thinking probably mid-second round TKO. So Giannis is my pick, but I definitely agree. I think Randy Costa will be back. I think he's got a bright future. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got Macy Barber. He's She's 8-2. and two. She's taking on Miranda Maverick, who's 9-2. and two. And Currently, they got Miranda Maverick minus 150. The comeback on Macy Barber is plus 130. So Shaq... Um, this is exciting, man. Both young ladies, both strong, both physical, both hit hard. Uh, I think both have a very bright future in the division. Um, who do you think takes that step right now? Good fight because, uh, you know, like you said, all the things you just said. Um, Macy Barber, look, I, you know, I, she's getting a, a slightly bad rap in my opinion. And Miranda Ravick seems like she's a complete package. Seems like she could, uh, you know, very, from what I understand, she's like, like a, like a, a genius maybe or something like oh, that, that too <laughs> like she might be uh like you know uh you know one of these uh brainiacs but like she uh i mean the skills i mean in these two fights she's definitely showed a, a, a well-rounded skill set um macy's coming off the two losses so you know what type of urgency um you know there's going to be some urgency some desperation in there but man i i the way i feel about this fight man is it, kind of just like recency bias i i i i macy barber in my opinion like this is the way i analyze because you know she's i mean she's been a laughing stock of uh, <laughs> you know of mma for you know last year or so because of the roxanne situation where, where she was a huge favorite and, and dropped the ball there uh, got injured which she was yeah 100 you know she she was losing the fight before the injury 100 um and then the uh alexa grasso fight where it seems like uh, she was a very popular underdog that week and you know um the whole shadow boxing from the uh, you know the whole gifts with the shadow boxing but like this is the way i this is the way i view it guys like look there's not too many girls that can counter with punching power like uh i mean look at grasso and arena who like what girls you all see i'll see out here consistently hurting chicks with punches just watch the uh the Gian Kim like going in. I, I picked Grasso outright to win that fight. I chalked because I was like the way she looked in the uh Kim fight, like at 125, like this might I mean Grasso had got pulled out of how many fights at 115? Like it made sense. Like, okay, like maybe she was killing a look at what she did to Carla Esparza, you know, those uh that same sweep she hit Macy with, uh, you know, in that second round. You know, that's the same one that she tried on Esparza, you know, it just Esparza's the number one contender. Like I don't think Macy's stock should be down. Like, let Grasso hit y'all with some of those counter shots, and y'all would be shadow boxing from the outside as well. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think that Macy Barber, look at her, look at how she answered back in the third round to, to sit here and say, like, there was no positive in that fight. Like, Grasso is going to, in my in my opinion, possibly, like, I don't know what she's ranked now, but if she keeps going on this trend, I would not be shocked if she, you know, was one of the, the, you know, the lambs getting bought in there for Valentina at some point here. So like, like I, she could make it to a title fight. Like I don't see what's uh so like bad about that loss, man. I look the first round, she was coming off the injury, you know, give her some time. Like Grasso has been competitive. Like she's been, um, you know, fighting top competition. Okay. She drops the first round, but like, yeah, she, but like, this is one of the things like, you know, overanalyzing things like she got bullied in the clinch. And I, I, I disagree with that. man. I think that like, 
maybe she didn't have the success in the clinch that y'all thought she was going to have going into it. But like, I wouldn't say she got bullied. Like, I just think Grasso is the better fighter. I think Grasso is a much better fighter than, uh, than uh, Maverick as well. Like, like, I like Maverick, but like, she's fought two as one dimensional chicks as you could possibly get in the UFC. And I'm not, and she looked good in those fights. Um, Leanna Jojua, you know, she only wins by one method. I mean, she also has a lose. Like, did you see Leanna Jojua versus uh, Sarah Morass and <laughs> Leanna Jojua versus some of these other girls? Like, she flopping to her back and like, dude, like, I, I respect, like, she did her thing, but she was like minus 500. Uh, and and uh, the Jillian fight, good win. Jillian's got the most subs, but like, let's not forget what Macy did to Jillian. Like, it wasn't even a uh, competition. Like, not saying that the Miranda fight was close or anything, but it wasn't like, you know, like, like uh Miranda just blew her out the water or anything like that man it was a, com- a fairly competitive fight like um Jillian's as timid as it gets when it comes to striking I haven't seen any proof that Miranda can take the type of shots with the power that Macy's going to be throwing I don't really see any where necessarily where she's better than uh Macy Barber and I'm not saying Macy Barber's like completely better than her either I just see it being uh you know you got two uh you know young girls i feel like one's more experienced one should be more hungrier i feel like one's fought the higher level of competition um one's been more tested uh, you know look i'm i'm not necessarily um sometimes i like that two last spot you know often because it, it it lights a fire and like you know but maybe you know maybe miranda mavic is just too technical we'll see but i'm actually gonna go with macy in this one man like i just think that the grasso fight in that third round a lot of young girls in her spot would have just accepted that and just got absolutely picked to shreds. But like, she was coming out with like hitting those TJ takedown. Like she hit what bullied in the clinch. Like she hit takedowns in that fight. Like, like, you know, hitting Grasso with good shots in that third round. Like, that's what you want to see from someone moving forward. Like, okay, is Macy a a complete fraud? I completely disagree. Like if if she was a complete fraud, you would have seen her got picked apart for five more minutes, not answered back, but like she answered the bell. Um, you know, one could say, yeah, Grasso was up too. She was fighting safe, but you know, like I respect Macy, man. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think she's, it's a Miranda Mavic's just a little overvalued. I'm not sure her skill set can back this price up just yet, I, but I'm not saying like Miranda Mavic's a bad fighter. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of Miranda. Mavic, and I, I think, uh, you know, she's a very nice lady. So I think uh, I'm going with her, but I'm going with Macy Barber, man. She's hungry. I think she's going to get this win. A very positive attitude with all the, I mean, dude, like, I just think like, you know, look, I was mad at her too for losing to Roxanne, but like, you know, Roxanne, it's one of those things where like, I know Roxanne looks like complete shit. And <laughs> she like her, when you watch tape on her, you're like, how does this girl win fights? But like, guys, trust me, when you get in there with her, it's a different thing. Like she only loses to, Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, uh, like, you know, top, like, you know, like girls that are fighting for the title, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I, I got Macy Barber this week in my knockout. I'm not lower on Macy Barber because of that Alexa Grasso fight. I actually thought that, like you said, she dug deep in that third round and that power translate for translates for a lot in these lower weight classes. hundred percent. Now she was hitting those takedowns. She was getting reversed, but man, in the clinch, that's where I had the issue. Like, Alexa turning her around, pinning her up against the fence when Alexa's one of the smaller girls in that weight class. The thing with Miranda, she hasn't fought this level of competition, and we don't know what happens if, you know, how how does she react to getting hit by these punches? That's 
That's the big question. I really don't know. I mean, because some of these girls, they get hit by these shots, and all of a sudden, all the fight leaves them immediately. There's also a chance that Miranda's tough as nails, and that it's not an issue. So we just don't know. It's speculative. So I'm very... I, I question for sure what happens, you know, if these big bombs of Macy Barber land on Maverick. But, man, it seems to me like Maverick can match Macy Barber in physicality. She seems like one of the bigger girls in the weight class. I also like her game. She's a very well-rounded. She can, I mean, she's got good technique standing, but she can also mix in takedowns as well. So I kind of see a more well-rounded game. So I see her kind of frustrating Macy Barber, mixing in takedowns, and edging out a close decision. But very valid points here about the power because we do not know how, how Miranda Maverick reacts. So if she can't take it, you got to give it to Macy. But I think that if it's just based off technique, I'm going to go with Maverick. So let's see what happens. Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got Darren the Damage Elkins. He's 25 and 9. He's taking on Derek Minner, who's 26 and 11. And currently, they got Derek Minner minus 150. The comeback on Darren Elkins is plus 130. So, man, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, so Derek Minner, what's that? I'll go first on this one. Yeah. So, you know, Derek Minner has got a reputation for being a first rounder bus guy, but last time he went out there and clean swept the, on the judges scorecards, 30, 27 crowds changes lives. It seems like he's on, he's got a good thing going on with Kraus. Now, if he does kind of sell out for an early sub attempt and can't get it, you know, that, uh, Elkins is the guy that can get, you know, comeback finishes. He's comeback finished. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a, He's a comeback finisher, and Minner's been finished many, many times. But I do see the minutes being controlled by Minner. You see him going ahead and sealing the deal. I know Elkins has seen yeah. better days. I mean, I was cashing tickets on Nate Landwehr against exactly. Darren Elkins. That's so, what That's what but uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, I think, um, you know, not the whole Kraus changes lives thing. You know, I think that definitely, um, definitely obviously helped Minner out. But I just think uh, he's getting very good matchups right now. You know, he fought the young kid, uh, Laramie. But then, like, you know, if you give him these, you know, you know, Charles Rosa, you know, he'll good enough to keep his job. But, you know, 500 fighter. Win one, lose Yeah, you know, Darren Elkins, I have thought this for a while. Even when he was fighting Landwehr, he has a few fights left. Like, less than less than three fights left, in my opinion. I know Darren's the damage, and we he prides himself on them, you know, crazy underdog wins. But... I think the days of that are over. The way Derek Minner has looked in these last two uh, fights, it's like a, it's a completely different person. If you if you know anything about Derek Minner, you know the whole first round or uh, busting. I mean that thing was true. Like it's he's got like twenty something uh, guillotine wins or you know submission wins. How many like twenty a lot, 20, a lot of submission lot. wins, um, and he gets finished every time he loses. You know who not necessarily. I mean I know he finished his last guy, but fuck uh, Gory's got. You know, uh, Mursad, when you, what happened when Usada came in? I mean, you tell uh, <laughs> Mursad didn't have his juice anymore, man. Um, but I think uh, the way Derek Minner has looked, especially the last fight, you know, beating Charles Rosa, but I, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be by a 30-26 type of, type of margin. If you can, you know, you know, who, uh, like in terms of just minutes, like going 15 minutes with Charles, I know like Burgos knocked him out, and um, but the only dudes that like beat him by that type of margin were like, uh, were like, um, or uh, or Bryce Mitchell, um, and some good guys. So I think what 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 I'm feeling is Derek Minner is one of these cases. When you look at his record, he turned pro very young. I'm guessing Derek Minner is one of these dudes that like did everything the wrong way. He's like from Nebraska, <laughs> like. 
probably did everything the wrong way his whole career leading to all these like results that I mean you just look at how his career was shaken out I mean kind of a journey man like you know a Friday night uh, warrior you know what I like to call it but like dude like I think now that he's with Krause like he has direction now he has a real camp like he's training with Tim Elliott I don't know who he was training with in uh Nebraska but he's training with Grant Dawson somebody that he fought he's training with uh my boy Gallagher uh the Strab Animal he's training with um Oh, the cops has got like a bunch of dudes, man. So like, I think, uh, honestly, man, he's in the best spot of his career. And I feel like once you see Darren Elkins, when you know the decline is real is when he starts taking losses to guys named Nate Landon. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 the, and, and it's not even like, you know, you know, that it's a hundred percent like a bad thing, but like Elkins, you know, was top 15 for a very long time now. And, you know, we lost to Lamas and, um, you know, you know, guys that were, make it but like you see ryan hall out here like looking like a k1 strike like looking like a k1 striker against him i mean ryan hall's out here landing spin kicks uh to the to the top of the head and i know shout, shout out to hall because i hope you were oh, man that last one with uh against uh Taporia. we ain't gonna <laughs> see ryan hall for two years yeah, i'll tell you that right now i don't see I, we're not seeing him fight again but i think uh man i think darren elkin's best days are behind him i don't think he can take that type of damage and keep going like I think I wouldn't be shocked if we see a TKO uh, doctor stop. Like I think Minner can open blood on this guy very early. He's faster, more powerful. Not necessarily the cl the cleanest striker, but he's got power. Like he's at, he's more athletic. Like I think he's realizing new skills as well. Like fight to fight with Kraus. Like he's in the best place of his career. I think he actually comes out here and does a similar like 30, 20, like a clear victory for Derek Minner this weekend. Um, you can that last fight with Garrett Gorey. I mean, like, I like Eduardo, you know, vicious striker, but his ground, like, I don't know if I don't know anything about that Latin American uh, jujitsu scene, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's just not very good. So um, I'm going with Derek Minute by domination. Just got to give a quick shout out to our boy SC for all with the donation, man. <laughs> it's good to see Shaq out the pen. Welcome home, man. Out the pen. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's good to have Shaq here. Um, Listen, I agree. I mean, I think the minutes are going to be won by Derek Minner. It's just about not fucking up somewhere along the way, not getting carried away, not beating, the, you know, because Elkins has a tendency to get really beat up in these fights. And some of the fights he's been able to come back. But nowadays, I know he's getting older. He was recently on a four fight skid. He cuts easily. He gets taken down easily. So I think Elkins is going to get beat up. It's just about, you know, don't get comeback finished or anything. Like that. I don't think that Darren Elkins is going to be winning rounds in this fight or anything like that. It's just. You know, Minner's been finished a good amount of times. That's what you got to worry about. But I do agree. I, most likely, you know, Minner comes out here and probably dominates this fight, to be honest with James you. Cross changes lives. It's just about, uh, hold on, I saw something about my boy Ludacris. You know, you know, we, hold up, hold up. You know, we got to gotta address that real quick. He said, y'all saw Atlanta seeing y'all smoke and make me think of, oh, what y'all know about that Ludacris blueberry yum yum? Hey, by the way, did you see my boy Luda was out there uh, with uh, ja uh, Greg Jackson? Greg Jackson was holding pads for him. Pretty fucking cool. That is an ATL legend. And that Blueberry Yum Young song. You know, um, uh, I think my boy Future wrote that song, if I'm not mistaken. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, listen, Luda is a total legend. Uh, we love that guy. Blueberry Yum Yum, a classic. Thank probably neighbors. He probably stays somewhere. No, he actually was <laughs> closer to my side, actually. Yeah. So co-main event of the evening in the Bantamweight division, we got Kyler Phillips. He's nine and one. He's taking on Howley and Paiva, who's 20 and three. And currently they got 
Kyler Phillips minus 300, the comeback on Hallie and Pivo is plus 240. So, man, this should be one hell of a fight. Obviously, super high on both guys. I think Kyler Phillips, man, he might be a bit of a phenom. I really love his technique, and now he's starting to put it together. And you compare the guy we saw in the Ultimate Fighter and the Contender Series compared to the guy that's now a top 15 ranked Bantamweight, like, Holy shit, his transformation has been amazing to watch. And then Hallie and Paiva is an absolute dog. You hear about this guy's story. You watch his contender series fight. I mean, I fucking love Hallie and Paiva, and I'm so happy he doesn't have to deal with those brutal weight cuts to 125 anymore. Now, here, here's my only issue, Shaq. On one hand, Hallie and Paiva, you know, he's like 5'9", so be, him being at flyweight, you know, he had such massive advantages there, man. I mean, fighting all these guys that are five foot four. Like, dude, like, and his scrambling ability. So I kind of wish that he could still make the weight. But at the same time, if you can't make that weight in a healthy manner, you got to move up. And I think you might look like a new man here. I just kind of wanted him to get his feet wet a little bit in the Bantamweight division. You know, fight the guys that that the Matrix Kyler Phillips has been fighting. Go fight a Cameron else. Go fight, uh, <laughs> you know, some of these other guys. Get your feet wet. And then we move to the top 15. Yeah. But I think the reason they're doing this is because both guys are ranked. So, you know, when you're ranked, oh, it's yeah, only that's tough fights. I said both guys are ranked. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah. So that's why, you know, Hallian ain't going to get any easy fight. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where Hallian's a dog. He's going to fight tough. And you see a plus 240 line on a guy like that. I understand why you'd be interested, but I do kind of think he's outgunned in this fight. I do kind of think that Kyler Phillips probably edges the decision. Look, I don't think Kyler Phillips comes out here and knocks him out in the first round or, you know, you know, because that's what I want with a minus 300 favorite. I want a first round stoppage. I want a domination. I don't think it's going to just be a pillar to post ass whooping. I think that Howlian's going to have his moments for sure. But I kind of see Kyler being a little bit too clean, kind of edging the decision. And I think Howlian will be back for sure. Yeah, man. One could say this is a risky fight for uh, Phillips to take. I mean, Hallian's a dog, man. He's about to get a shout out to my boy Suntel, another ATL legend. But you know, he had a Suntel lined up. You know, that was that was a, that was looking like a favorable fight. Um, and now he's fighting Hallian with nothing to lose. Hallian uh, fighting Hallian with nothing to lose is kind of dangerous. I mean, Hallian's supposed to lose this fight, so I mean, he's honestly should go out here and fight very free and. I mean, if you get a free Halion, a healthy Halion, plus nothing to lose, like, I mean, Halion might be throwing thunder tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, look, I, I look, Phillips looked very good in that fight with Song. Like, uh, I mean, some of them head kicks he was timing upstairs, that footwork. What I was surprised with, I was expecting him to gas out, but I mean, it looked like he could uh, maintain it. But a part of me is also wondering, you know, Song ain't necessarily too known for his cardio as well. But I, I will say that I, I definitely think the kid's top 15. Like the, some of that footwork, some of those uh, techniques that he's throwing are definitely very creative. Um, like, and he's a black belt from uh, from uh, Gracie Academy too. Like I'm, I remember we actually used to talk to him like a long time ago. We had him on the show. Yeah, like, like a long time ago. So um, yeah, man, like he actually like, Cause he lost to uh, uh, the uh, Katona. He lost to Katona too. Him, him, and Bryce Mitchell lost to Katona on top. So like, he's made a lot of improvements. Yeah, I think you got to pick him in this matchup. Look, I, I love Halion as a fan, and I would not be shocked. I, I, look, I actually disagree with the price. Like, just because there's, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of pressure on. Like, Kyler's gonna feel a lot of pressure. Like, I hate matchups like that, man. Like. Just because, like, Halion is dangerous, man, and we don't know how dangerous he's going to be at 35s. Like, I've I've kind of been feeling like something's always been holding Halion back, like, at uh, 125s. Like, we haven't been able to see the 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 real thing just because, like, I mean, 
he, I, mean, I think he's undefeated at Bantamweight. Like all his fights prior to Contender Series were at Bantamweight. And he was like under 18 or maybe like 18 and one or something like that. And, and uh, you know, then he moved to Flyweight for Contender Series and, and he's been at Flyweight since. So I would not be shocked if Halion is like one of these, like at Bantamweight. I mean, we see it like so often now, man, like just moving up and, uh, you know, them just looking like completely different, like kind of like a Grasso, uh, like what we were talking about the other fight. But like, I think, um, yeah, I'm gonna pick Phillips, but I, I don't, I wouldn't play that line against Holly. Like, I, I feel like that's man, because I know how y'all, I mean, Kai Car France, Kai Car France was like at a similar line. He, he did, he did end up winning, but I mean, to say it was, uh, it was not smooth yeah, sailing. I mean. There were moments, you know. Let me say this, because Halion is heavily criticized for that fight against Zalgas, but I feel like, Bro, listen, like there's so yeah, much back like, info in that fight. wasn't even there. Like, his coaches weren't there. He missed weight by five pounds. Um, Just imagine you're going halfway across the world and your team can't come with you because they all get COVID. So you're halfway across the world in, you know, somewhere you've never been before by yourself. You got to go to Zaleski and Andraj's people because they're the only people that speak Portuguese. They help you in the corner. They help you cut weight. You end up missing weight. You get sick. You have to fight this Kazakh fucking stud uh zalgas you know you, you just saw what he just did to jerome rivera and um hallian still found a way to get the decision I, I just feel like now he's not going to be killing himself to make way so i do expect a better version of hallian it's just you gotta respect the talent and the technique of a guy like kyler phillips but i, I see it you know I, I see it playing out closer than minus 300 indicates Main event time. Main event of the evening in the Bantamweight division. We got Corey Sanhagen, the number three Bantamweight on planet Earth. He's 14-2. and two. He's taking on the former two-time world champion, Shaq, TJ Dillashaw, who's 16-4. and four. And Currently, they got Corey Sanhagen, minus 190. The comeback on TJ Dillashaw is plus 165. So, man, this is the return of TJ Dillashaw. He wants to become a three-time world champion. You hear his interviews. I mean, the guy doesn't seem like he lost an ounce of confidence. And you look at the pictures of his physique, didn't lose an ounce of fat either. I mean, the guy shredded to the gills. So, I, like, whatever he's taking, you know, he's still working with Sam Calvito. So, you know, they upped up their masking agents. And, uh, you know, he's still, he, whatever he was doing, he's still doing. But, there were things going into that Cejudo fight that we discussed, um, you know, prior to him even popping. So to me, I don't to me, I'm not even basing this off. Oh, how is he going to look off steroids? Because firstly, I don't think he's off steroids. But secondly, that ain't even what I'm thinking about. What I'm thinking about was the issues that I talked about a couple of years back that the chin might be kind of suspect on the Dillashaw side. Now, he's in such good shape. He can recover fast. But with a guy like Corey Sanhagen, one of those knees hits you in the chin. One of those spinning heel kicks hits you. It doesn't matter how good your chin is. And one difference between a guy like... Um, like Corey Sanhagen and, you know, some of these other guys that can't capitalize is Corey Sanhagen will capitalize. You know, Corey Sanhagen, the difference between him and, you know, Cody Garbrandt is Cody Garbrandt, he'll drop you and then he'll start dancing. He'll start doing the robot. He'll start doing all these stupid things. You, you get dropped against Corey Sanhagen. He's rushing in for that finish and he'll get you out of there. So I think that's one of the big differences. How do you, how do you see this fight playing out, man? Yeah, look, TJ is a legend. Um, He's been off for a while. Fighting Corey Sanhagen off this type of layoff is like one of the most terrifying things, in my opinion. Like, because his timing is on point. He's been fighting, and TJ's timing. I mean, like you can get it in training for sure, but I don't think. I mean, he can try to find. I mean, he already knows about Corey. Like he was hyping him up. So I mean, like you were struggling with him back then. I mean, you know, look, Corey. It, it depends on what game plan TJ comes with. If he comes with an all-out wrestling approach and we're going to take this guy down, then, yes, this line is a little wide because Corey Sanhagen's takedown defense is, like, 
like in the 20 30 yeah, yeah like very low like he gets taken like he will get taken down um and he likes to play the jujitsu jujitsu game and i mean tj's a better grapper than him it's just facts so um if he comes out with that game plan but a part of me feels like tj's gone completely striker like before this break like tj Dwayne ludwig i mean they i mean they knocked out look if you want to put it in perspective conor mcgregor was a champion more recently than the last time tj zillashaw landed a takedown in a fight like tj don't tj went full striker years ago like Dwayne ludwig i mean that's what they did they took out hen by knockout they um but then like what what happened when he let's not forget about that dominic cruz fight um uh, some few years back when he was whiffing and missing air like I, i've always thought tj was great but i've always seen holes in his striking and when he's going up you gotta be great obviously to, to beat him you can't just beat uh, you just can't beat anybody but i mean he is an upper echelon fighter so we're talking about the upper upper echelon guys here and i feel like Corey sanhagen has all the schools to come out here and knock him out he's coming off a big layoff a, a vicious knockout uh, by the hands of the, arguably is Henry the goat. Like, I mean, triple uh, goat. Which, I mean, two belts. I mean, <laughs> and, and Olympic gold, two, be- two belts, uh, Olympic gold and defended both those belts. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it is what a two belts. Um, but I think that, uh, I mean, that was a vicious knockout and I know it was at 125 pounds, but I mean, he took severe shots in that one. And uh, you know, do I think it's playing a, a factor in his mind? I mean, he's surely not acting like this like it but we'll see what happens because the I, I didn't put that much stock into the cody garbrandt uh series right there because i mean when you're posting videos of you knocking the dude out the day before, i already know he's in your head now and i mean cody like dropped him and then was doing like all these like dudes i mean look what cody's at now like dude's <laughs> head's gone dude like um and like the rematch i mean the same thing um and then he fought uh henry right right after that yeah so um i feel like there's a lot of questions on him i feel like sanhagen just needs to keep his distance and the and the shots will eventually land at some point like tj um is just not i just think his timing is going to be off like i don't see how his timing is going to be on unless his training camps that good he's got somebody to to mimic sanhagen like that but we'll see but um I just think this is like a, a serious task, like uh, like uh, like a big task, like like maybe if he was coming back to fight Marlon Moraes or, uh, uh, you know, I don't even know if he can be Rob Font now, but like you know, like you know somebody else. But I think Sanhagen, man, this is his fight to win. Um, as far as far as the betting side of things, yeah, pretty much everyone's been betting Sanhagen, but I think rightfully so, man. Like I just think there's too many factors, but we'll see if TJ comes out and wrestles. But like you said, he hasn't hit a takedown since when? Um. Since 2016. Like, full striker, man. He's a big ego guy, like, when it comes to the striking. Like, um, we'll see, man. We'll see. But I'm going with Corey Sanhagen. I got a lot of respect for TJ, man. Um, one of Definitely one of the best bantamweights. But I, I just feel like it's a little, I don't want to say delusional to think he's going to come back and start fighting with the Yans and all these. I mean, bantamweight is, like, becoming like lightweight now, man. Who you got between TJ and uh, Sterling? Like. I'm not convincing, even though I'm not a fan of Sterling. Like I'm not convinced he wins. I mean, I mean he might win, but I'm not convinced. Like my saying, like how back in the like three years ago I'd say Dillashaw like embarrasses him, but like now I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, well who knows? But I'm going with Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, I mean look, he's coming back to fight the number two guy. 
in the planet. And interestingly enough, the number two guy, Corey Sanhagen, he takes a lot of influence from TJ Dillashaw's style. And I think both of them take a lot of influence from Dominic Cruz's style. But Corey Sanhagen's kind of like the 2021 version. He's taller. He's longer. He's the bigger guy. And I also like the fact that he's already taken his first L. So he's been humbled and he's come back with a brand new attitude. But then again, there's a thing with uh, TJ Dillashaw. Um, he's a D1 wrestler. Once a D1 wrestler, always a D1 always a D1 wrestler. So he can always go to the back pocket and, you know, mix in some takedowns and stuff like that. It's just, can he do it over a five round duration? And when he does it, is he going to be able to have dominance while doing it? You know, it can Corey Sanhagen scramble back up. And from there they start all over again. Now, granted TJ can stand a bang too. Don't get me wrong. That's not like TJ can stand and bang too. Don't get me wrong. His striking is the most impre impressive part of his game. He's developed his own style. It's just that, you know, he's dealing with a much longer guy who is also very proficient at striking, who's no joke at all, who gives you different kinds of looks that you won't see from any other opponent. I mean, when's the last time a five foot 11 guy was throwing flying knees at TJ Dillashaw in a fight? Probably never. So I think, and I'm not too worried about, you know, the training camp. Oh, they used to spar together shit. And because Corey's not worried about it. You know, Corey's not out here arrogant like Cody Garbrandt <laughs> posting, you know, clips of him knocking him out. Like Corey was like, I put zero stock into that. Like Corey was like, I don't even put any stock into the drug suspension. I'm expecting the best TJ Dillashaw. He said it would be dangerous to expect this to be a diminished version. And I think it, it'll only be diminished because he's like 35 and 36. I don't think it's going to be diminished because of drug stuff. I mean, he's got a shredded six pack. I think that. He's still on his Flintstone vitamins. He's still doing his strength and conditioning program. So I don't expect, you know, that to be a factor. It's just the chin was an issue before this drug talk. And I think it's going to be an issue here Saturday night. So I do think that Corey Sanhagen comes out here, knocks out TJ Dillashaw. Obviously, the wrestling is a concern because, you know, like I told you off air, um, the way that Aljamain handled um, Sanhagen, TJ had an exact performance like that against von lee back in the day so what the only reason i'm bringing up a fight from like that many years ago is just because he's he's taken someone down taking their back and choked them out right away the same way that aljo beat sanhag so i'm curious you know you know a guy like tj smart you know that they're watching tape with his team you know they know about that hole in sanhagen's game you know they know that they saw Corey at wrestling practice <laughs> yeah so you know they want to come out here and mix in some takedowns for sure it's just um how long can he wrestle for when he does? What kind of success will he have on the mat? So there's lots of questions. And then also what's going to happen on the feet. I do see TJ landing some kicks and stuff like that, but I eventually I just think the length, the size, and just the unpredictability of Corey Sanhagen is going to be the difference. And I think he's the guy that's prime right now. He's got the better timing is ready to you know, either rematch the, the placeholder champ Sterling or get a fresh matchup with the real champ, uh, uh, Peter Yan, you know? So, um, <laughs> I mean, we all know Peter Yan's the champ, but um, yeah, I'm going to go Corey Sanhagen here to knock out TJ Dillashaw. Shaq, now we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, uh, and as you know, those asking why we're not talking about Ladd and Shaozan, uh, Shaozan actually pulled out the fight. So that fight's canceled. Shaq, what is the fight to watch for UFC Vegas 32? to watch is Brandon Allen versus uh, Puna Haley. I mean, we got two young, promising middleweights on our hands and middleweights, you know, is, is getting a lot better these days. Brandon, 25 years old, very experienced. Puna, I mean, we know the type of power he possesses. Uh, I, I see that possibly, I see that the winner of that fight, you know, moving up and getting like a, a big opponent next. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to pick the people's main event. I'm going to go with Yanez versus Costa. I know that this is the popular Twitter fight. Everyone wants to see it, but I just have a hard time 
imagining this fight being boring. I mean, Randy Costa is an absolute savage. He goes forward, six wins, six first-round finishes. Yanez has been really letting his hands go. I mean, you know, does that mean they're going to clinch for three straight rounds now, Shaq? No, but I mean, like, who's going to be the first man to shoot a takedown? Probably no one. I mean, if anyone hits the mat, it's going to be from a knockdown. So I see Yanez versus Costa being the fight to watch, and I can't wait to see what happens. Shaq, who is your fighter to watch uh, Saturday night? Fighter to watch is gonna be I'm gonna say Derek Minner. I mean, look, you know, I always got a soft spot for the journeyman that can um you know turn their careers around and it looked like he might it looks like he might be on track. So let's see how he does. I mean, if you beat Darren Elkins, I mean three fight win Big streak, name. Darren Elkins, like I mean, you know, he might be fighting get a big fight. I'm mean, four and forty-five, you know, a lot of guys out there outside that top fifteen. Yeah, I mean, look, you beat Elkins, it always translates to a fight that has a lot of eyeballs on it. So let's see how he responds to a, a household name. That's the biggest name he's fought in his UFC career. Everyone so let's see. <laughs> Everybody knows the damage. So, I mean, the damage was ranked at one point, Shaq. So, I mean, damage, I mean, like, was ranked for like more than like 45s. Uh, fought Charles back in the day. He was Charles's debut. I mean, Elkins has been around a long time. So my fighters to watch, you know, it should be one fighter, but it's two fighters. It's Miranda and Macy. Like, I want to know who the better woman is. I want to see how, you know, they come out here mentally. And also, I love what I've been hearing from Macy Barber. I don't actually like as much of what I've been hearing from Miranda, you know, talking about how, oh, I would have rather taken this fight when we were number four and number five instead of now. But Talk is cheap. None of that shit really matters. I think they're both very talented prospects. I think no matter who wins or loses this fight, I think they they both have a bright future in the sport, and I think they're both going to go far. So uh, Macy and Miranda are my fighters to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, live at the Apex, Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. They can follow you at MMA Genius 05. They can follow me at Best Fight Picks. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. We'll be back next week uh, for the next card because next week uh, we got Strickland versus Hall. That should, should be a very fun fight. Interest, interesting betting line there. And uh, make sure y'all hit up our sponsor, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. Truly appreciate all your support, guys. Thank you very, very much. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.